All right, here we are. Another season of No One Told Me. Can you believe we're going into year three? Me either. I'm just assuming you out loud were like, no, I can't believe it. This is crazy. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, hi, I'm so excited to have you here. This is a space we created for shared experiences, knowing that your story or the story of someone else could play a big part in making you feel a little less alone and a little more part of something. I'm Callie, a working mom of two with a husband of almost 10 years who realized early on, I don't always really know what I'm doing. But there has got to be people who can help me figure it out. There are people who've already done this. And those are the people who can help us figure it out. And that's why no one told me exists. If I'm honest, a thousand percent honest, which I always hope to be on here. I felt a little restless about this season. And let me hear an amen if you agree. Feelings can be exhausting. Just thinking about starting a new season made me go for another round of those Ritz toasted chips dipped in the Trader Joe's buffalo chicken dip. Now that's oddly specific, I get it. But if you are like me, and you like to eat your feelings, this should be one of your go to's. Also the rediscovery of Trader Joe's this summer while they limited the number of people in the store. So you could actually I mean, just leisurely make your way up and down the aisles was honestly like a bomb to my overly anxious soul. Anywho, back to what I was saying. Feelings are exhausting, right? But I've developed a new approach. I'm trying something new. I will not make decisions in exhaustion. Whether I'm physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually exhausted, any decision I make within that time will most likely be driven by my feelings. And like I've said before, our feelings are liars. Somehow, they eventually turn into facts that root themselves deep into our hearts. So what I mean is, you know, we sit in these feelings so long that we start filling in the unknown with what we believe to be facts. I am the queen of not filtering my thoughts before I speak them, which makes this whole mic thing in my hand every week a very dangerous scenario. But when I meet people, I get so caught up in getting to know them and sharing my various thoughts and feelings on whatever they're sharing that I don't actually consider what I've said until I'm driving away. Do you know that feeling? You know, when you're like, I sounded like an idiot or, oh my, should I have really said that? And eventually I create this whole scenario where they're driving home, calling their husband or their mom or whoever to tell them about the idiot they just had to talk to for 15 minutes. And that, that was me. Those thoughts are driven by feelings of insecurity. Did you get that? Feelings. Yet we create entire scenarios, these perceived outcomes around a simple feeling. And then we go deeper into those feelings. And then those outcomes, those scenarios get worse. It's a really awful cycle. Honestly, it's a dangerous cycle. What starts as I think they're mad at me becomes they are mad at me. What starts as I don't know if I can do it becomes I can't do it. I'm not sure anything will change becomes nothing will ever change. Fill in that blank with anything. We take a feeling, we convince ourselves it is a reality a factual part of our lives. And that happens most often in isolation. When no one else knows the thoughts swirling around in our hearts, and then what happens? More isolation, more exhaustion. A self-creative narrative is rarely positive. When we use it to fill in the blanks, it's flat out destructive. So the restlessness and uncertainty that I felt about this season were feelings that drove me 
to create a narrative that was destructive. But the moment I put words to those thoughts, to those feelings, the moment I let someone else in, they lost some of their power. Honestly, those words lost most of their power as soon as I spoke them. Because I allowed others to speak truth into the gaps. I was no longer filling it in myself. This podcast was born because we realized the power of shared knowledge, the power of our stories, and the power of letting people in. So we're starting fresh with a brand new take on No One Told Me. My commitment to you, the listener, is to only bring in people who have made me better, who I know will make you better. No more cold calls asking people to come on or looking for who has a lot of followers or influence. Nope, you are too important for that. We're leaning into shared experiences this season. And if you have ideas, a story, a hurt, or just need some encouragement, make sure you're following us on Instagram at N-O-T-M podcast, because I love hearing from you all. Seriously, I love it. I get so excited anytime I get to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, or you've heard or what you've heard in the past, it goes a long way when you share it mainly because I get real awkward when I talk about myself. And it's honestly, it's just painful to watch for everyone. So we're starting this brand new season with a surprise episode, mainly because some of the stuff we talk on here is timely. And the longer I wait, the more of a dud this episode could be. So we're launching, you know, we're just going for it. It's a summer recap. Did anyone tell you, which is just an installment we do every now and then to equip you with information That only proves useful to fill in those uncomfortable silences on a Zoom call or to prove to those younger than you that you're still cool, even though you've really gotten into the art of crochet lately. Okay, that's me. I'm talking about me. But these are two of my favorite people, Kaylee and Kari. They're here to talk about what's worth watching on one of your 40 streaming platforms, Taylor Swift's absurd abilities to turn out an album in secret, and my personal favorite that I probably took entirely too far, Hamilton. And before you say it or think it, I get it. That was like a month ago, but I'm still listening to the soundtrack and I needed to know more. So you get to know more too. All right. Here's Did Anyone Tell You Summer Edition. We've made it through the summer, the summer of a pandemic. Life is not as we thought it would be this summer. And so to catch us up on everything that has gone on, we of course have Kaylee and Kari. And let me tell you all something. The amount of messages I got, listen, I'm trying out here, release these podcasts that are life changing and really like (laughs) investing in you and growing you as an individual. And you know what y'all came back with? What you wanted? You wanted Kaylee and Kari. We're blown away. (laughs) Thank you. This is life changing. (laughs) And so we've brought them back and we're going to talk about the things that matter the most. And that is anything going on in pop culture. Of course. Mm. Yes. We want to give you, if you do get to go back to your office, if you get to go back to school, Whatever it may be, we're going to give you some things to talk about, which I don't know how you wouldn't know these because what else are you doing other than watching things? <laughs> yeah, and I feel things? like we, they already know everything we're going to tell them. It's all right. But before we get into all that, catch us up on you guys. How was the summer? Give us some highlights. What's going on? Um, I'll start off. I'll get, start off with a low light of quarantine slash the summer. I did have knee surgery. So you were that down. Was count. Yes. But that feels time, like months ago. I know because time during the pandemic just works differently. It either seems like it was a day ago or like two right. years like ago. Right? March felt like it lasted four years, mm-hmm. but now it's August yeah. and I feel like we mm-hmm. just got into summer. Yeah. You're right. That's a good point. So that's a huge low light. Um, highlight. I would say, I don't know, going on more walks. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you couldn't walk. What is No, it? I know. Like being able to walk again. Oh, <laughs> like, he's learning how huge. to walk. Those six weeks were horrible. But yeah, it's been, <laughs> I mean, it's been weird. Just the weirdest summer, but it hasn't been, it hasn't been that bad. I Do guess. you feel like you missed out on anything that you would have done? Okay, so something for me, this is a hypothetical that just popped in my head. Um, I guess this was a highlight. It's just random things popping in my head like never before. But what I would be willing to give up to go back to February, if I knew what was about to happen, I would have taken some time off. I would have gone to the Super Bowl. I would have gone to Broadway plays. (laughs) I would have traveled the world in February. I would have done it all if I knew what was coming. If you all could go back to February... And you were like, and all of a sudden it was laid out in front of you, what was going to happen beginning in March. And it wasn't going to be over in May like we thought. It was still going to be yeah. going all the way into fall. What is one thing you would have for sure done? One thing, well, probably go to Disney World. Probably go to concerts. It would be those two things. Just because that could be practical. Like I could just take a few days off and do mm-hmm. that. Or go to concerts on weekends. Which I go to like two concerts a year, but... I don't know when I'll what be going to another yeah, one. What are even so. those? What is I think concert? concerts, yes. Possibly like an international trip. And mm. I don't say that. I don't take those. <laughs> I think I would make that happen. Make it a priority. Yeah. Like yeah. I would somehow, I would do whatever, sell organs and yeah. go on an international trip in February. Don't you kind of feel like now, I guess it's a different mindset, but it almost is like, hey, if you want to do it, do it, do it. Because, I mean, you mm-hmm. don't know all of a sudden when a pandemic's going to hit. You right. don't know. You and that like sounds plan. so cliche. It does sound cliche, but you just, you like, we had this idea that you could plan things out. And, like, this has shown mm-hmm. us that, like, you can't. So if you're like, oh, let's do this thing this weekend or next, do it this weekend. Because yeah. you have no idea. Just do it. The only thing next. we did, right? We went, and let me tell y'all, when we were in Disney mid February. So mm, let me right. tell you what we were exposed you to. You brought the coronavirus to not. I'm telling though. you right now, we were in two of the <laughs> nation's biggest airports. <laughs> Both of those times. And I remember seeing people wearing masks and I was like, y'all weird. <laughs> like, little did I know. Foreshadowing. I, know. Yeah. I was like, why are people, I remember. A vision of the future. That's yeah, it was. was. People were walking. There was only maybe 10 people in the entire airport wearing masks. And I remember thinking, gosh, you all are a little paranoid, aren't you? And now all of a sudden, we all wearing the mask. We're wearing them right now. We're rolling up into the Target with our mask on. I haven't been to Target. Let me tell you. You I've haven't not, been to Target? I have not been into a Target since See, oh, Target man. does a April. great job cleaning. I've, I feel comfortable when I'm there. They're cleaning the self-checkout like after every other person. So I started going to Target to Not Not ashamed somewhere. to admit that I've been there. <laughs> but I'm also a creature of habit. And so mm. I got into all of these habits and routines mm-hmm. of not going anywhere. Yeah. And so now I just don't. Well, we just, I... By summer was well, I moved. I moved in April, Gosh, so I sold my you house, moved to such a cool which that also apartment. feels like a million years ago. Sold my house, it's moved to a loft, and then I had to buy stuff. Like I had to, I completely changed my life, so I had to get rid of stuff and buy new things. And so I was in Target, like in April, March, April, wearing no mask because at the time yep. it was still up in the air if that was even a, a thing. A thing. <laughs> I was just out there in Target, just shopping, living my life. Yeah. Still do it. Wear a mask now though. I took the kids to a store. This is um, this week. I took them out to Walmart for the first time. They have literally not been into a store. And the first one you choose is Walmart. Was it for the Knoxville people? Was it the Chapman Highway Walmart? Oh, if we're going to go, we're going to go. Right. I mean, I might as well just start at the bottom and we work our way. Just let them go in any store. That's true. true. But uh, we, and you would have thought they had to wear their mask and they would have done anything to get to go in that store. If I had said, 
guys, I need really? you to put like on a no mask, a toboggan. I need you to, like, oh, I could have wow. told them to do anything. And if it meant they got to go into a store, wow. they were ready and prepared to do it. And they put their mask on. They kept them on the whole time. Wow. It was, and now every day they wake up, can we go to a store today? Aww. Like, <laughs> then come with me. I'm going all the time. <laughs> Don't judge me. No one at me after that <laughs> statement. Sorry. <laughs> She's I wear like, my mask. Have a mask. I wear my mask. You're fine. However, your mask does semi. Every time I look at it, I think it's a cow print. It is a cow print. Is it? Yeah, it's a cute mm-hmm. little cow print. It I says, do. "You got this," embroidered on the side oh, from a local lady. I thought my, it was flowers. My mom crocheted me and Tara masks, so I'm telling you, I've got that's some the custom ones. Sweetest thing. <laughs> I know. A little sweater for your face. It is I know. a little. I can face only sweater. wear it inside when it's cold. Like I can't. Yeah. Oh, or I've no. tried to wear it at physical therapy, and I'm like, I can't breathe. Gosh. That's my mom is a mask making machine right now. Really? She's made uh Henley. She is going to kindergarten. We're going in on it. She's made Henley 12 masks. Well, you've got different outfits. Mm-hmm. At this point, we might as well. We need yeah. to start coordinating. I laughed at that when I Old Navy too. started selling. I was like, we're going to coordinate our masks. Yes, we are. I'm telling you, I yes, thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. And then I was like, no, this is, I get it's it. Fashion. I get it. This, what else are you going to do about it? This makes sense. Okay. So I know that we all for a season spent a lot of time inside. We weren't going anywhere. Some of us still aren't going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> and we, and I honestly was so anxious and stressed the first two months. Cause I'm just something in, in aging has brought anxiety to me, but I wanted to turn my head off. So I would stay up way too late watching something stupid, yeah. something that didn't really matter because I liked not having to think about anything. And at night was my only window to not have to do anything. And that brings us to the first topic is your TV shows of the summer. What I want to do it this way. What's something they're like, hey, you got to watch this. This is good and okay. worth it. What's something that is like, hey, save this. You know, like you might have some downtime. You might want something on in the background. Mm-hmm. Do that. And something's like, hey, just ignore this. Don't even, don't even. I tried it and it was no good. Okay. Watch this is, I mean, for the summer, it's got to be Outer Banks. <sighs> it was, was new and it's so it, good. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It kind of just took me back to like, the Friday Night Lights, the like high school drama of it. I even like the newer age stuff of that with like All American. If you haven't watched that, also watch those. So watch this was definitely that. Um, and just had the treasure hunt feel to it. Like it was great. Like I was on legitimately the edge of my seat, especially like episodes like five on. So did you know in July oh, also we, it was renewed for season two? Yes. Ugh. So I don't also, watch it. Tara and I, <laughs> we that. watched seven straight episodes. Oh, like, wow. so we watched episodes one through three on a Thursday night. And then on a Friday night, we stayed up <laughs> and Mind you, Tara and I's bedtime is like 10 p.m. and we stay pretty strict to that. We were up until like 2.30 watching that. So what a commitment. I know. And here's the thing. It's not going to change your life. The dialogue is not going to blow your mind. None of those things. It is one of those things. You said it best. It's just like that nostalgia Mm -hmm. of God. Like, gosh, I remember what it was like if you're not in high school. Yes. Like everything. But also... it, there's no reality to it. So don't be like, no kids run around like that and do what you don't know. Okay. <laughs> just, you have no just idea what's happening to the, the story. Banks. I don't know. It was shot in my favorite city in the United States, Charleston, Charleston? Yeah. South Carolina. Are I they, it. I need to know the actors in that show are, they aren't high schoolers. No, no, they are in their, their mid Main character is uh, like 27. But then it's weird to me how they play high schoolers. Just how would uh-huh. you mentally get into that space? Kaylee, you're 27. Aren't yeah, you? Uh, no. Yeah, she's about it. to turn 29. <laughs> Probably when this airs, I will be 29. 
I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm ready. I love it. Listen, come on into the 30s with me. I mean, I Welcome. love high school dramas. Like, I love Pretty Little Liars. I no, love like anything it. like that. Gossip I Girl. Watch it. I still am to. saving Gossip Girl. It's one of my save it ones. You have literally been saving it I know, for because like there's so much years. other good stuff. <laughs> there's too much. I will I'm, never I just, be able I to get to it I watched Ozark all. for the first time. Oh, yeah. Very dark. Yeah, Very super dark. dark. But I loved it. So that was definitely the watch this for us. For the save this, and I'm not like... This is not something that's new at all, but if you want to give reality TV a chance and something that's like still competition based, which I like that Tara and I have gotten hooked on Survivor. It's so good. And I slept on it all this time. Like I was just like, oh, Survivor. How many seasons are there of that? So there's 40. I'm pretty sure I was in high school. So yeah, it's literally been on 20 years. Some of our friends kind of made a watch list of like 15 seasons of it. So, and we're, we've decided we're going to watch all the ones from the HD because like it started being like full screen, which it bothers me on Hulu when it's not the full screen. Is it on Hulu? Is that where you stream it? Yeah. So there's 34 seasons of it on there. So we've watched probably, we've watched like four or five. and watch wow. a crazy amount but we're going to watch like seasons 20 all the way through 40 um just because season 40 apparently is all winners was so, it one of the first seasons someone from knoxville won tina wasn't that yeah her name? there was a lady from knox a blonde lady i didn't know that i we I mean, so I we only watched like then, a couple so of so ones. yeah Ryan's it literally parents, came on in 2000 they so. have watched it from day one yeah my, we started so watching it as a family and they still don't miss it they yeah. still wow. to this day watch and they watch it live so if you've never given it a chance that's definitely a save this and there's so many great seasons um so I would definitely suggest that. And then also, if you've never watched The Challenge, mm. which is basically MTV's raunchy version of Survivor, but it is but seriously... so good. It's, it's so much so more great. athletic. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, the competitions are insane. Yeah. And like the people that are... The engineers that are making these, like they're hanging off the side of 18-wheelers for these. And like, yes, they're like have a harness and stuff. They're not actually going to die. But that's just, definitely... It's a reality TV. I can't, but I can't with those. It's great because it's the reality TV, but it's also the competition. Like, yeah, you get both. And you're rooting for like the people that you really don't want to be there. You're like, oh my goodness, I hope they get voted mm-hmm. off or I, I hope they lose this challenge so they get sent home. Like, Because it, it really is a satisfying feeling when that happens. Or you get your characters that you like and you root them on until the end. And the so. twists and turns. And yes, again, it's exactly. just like mindless. Mm-hmm. And that I can get on board with. I just think yeah. you need a little bit of that in your life. We so that's the save this. And then, oh, ignore this for me was Tiger King. Like... We just couldn't get into it. We, we watched now, like the first two episodes and I was like, I'm not, there's too many other, there's too much other content out there. And I feel like I can pick up on what happened in Tiger King from the memes, mm-hmm. from everyone posting about it. I was like, I don't feel the need to watch this. So Looking back now, Ron and I watched it so fast because yeah. the story was just so absurd yeah. that you had to know what was going to happen next because it was an insane story. I saw a meme the other day. It said, remember the simpler times when Tiger King was good and you were getting your stimulus check? Like, yeah, like the beginning <laughs> of all of this. When you thought that, that actually like, does feel like a year ago. But that show, I don't know if for me, if it's an ignore, if you've ignored it this far, keep ignoring. Yes. You probably haven't, but if you have still do, I remember watching and it took a turn for me like episode four where I'm watching it for the sheer like shock and then episode four happens and the shock was just too much for my little heart <laughs> and I was like I, I I sat there and said I cannot watch this anymore yeah and that's not me I will I will finish I'm not a quitter <laughs> and I didn't quit I ended up not quitting I had a moment took some time came back but it was the animal harm and then the the man that shot himself I and the gun the gun violence like the guns just shooting at all times the chaos of that I was like this is garbage much, yeah this is garbage but I watched it it Couldn't was it. It, the absurdity is the only thing that kept us hooked yeah. and then once you're out of the uh the bubble 
of this is ridiculous and you actually think through everything that happened and you're like, these are real people who literally ate food out of the back of a van oh, because I I it was that. left over. And exp- I mean, these are real people. I know. And I, I don't know. The whole thing was really, really sad. But that feels like seven years ago that that mm-hmm. even came out. So yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Mine, my watch this was also Outer Banks. I loved it. Of course. I was into it. Ryan didn't care for it. He literally kept asking me, what do you watch? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? The Save This is a newer one. It's Indian matchmaking. Listen, I I saw saw that the other night. Bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) It is. The only reason I say Save This is probably the first four to five episodes. You're invested because it's these people that you're following along with. And they are. It's basically Seema um, is a matchmaker. She's this matchmaker who is the world's <laughs> leading matchmaker for Indian families. And you choose between. She comes in when you have chosen an arranged marriage instead of a love marriage is what they call it. So it's either you get married or you have a love marriage. They try to take the word arranged out of it. And so she gets called in. And she basically has, no joke, a file folder. It's not even like digitized it is you see her flip through files and papers and she sits there with her little husband and she he's like hey what about this and she was like no she's five six she's gotta be shorter i mean it was like (laughs) oh my i'm telling you it is fascinating to watch and these younger people they're usually in their like late 20s early 30s and they're like hey what I've been doing isn't working. Yeah. So I'm okay to try something brand new because what do I have to lose at this point? And they actually, a lot of them get matched and they're happy and they like, they enjoy it. But the whole culture is so fascinating to watch. Like they sit down with some of these couples who've been married 30 and 40 years and they didn't meet until their, the day they got married. That's so crazy. That they've been married this whole time and they just talk about why it worked and what it was just, it was fascinating that you probably don't want to watch the entire season because honestly I lost interest, but the first like four or five episodes, save that, watch it one day when it's raining, ignore, please ignore sweet magnolias. I don't care who you are. I don't even know what that's about. It is dumb. I think Tara watched a couple episodes. I had everyone in my family told me to watch it. I had random people on socials asking me if I'd watched it. No, oh. I have not watched it. I've watched half an episode and it was dumb and I couldn't do it. And it just, it was trying to be too much like, what's the Dolly Parton movie that's also Magnolia's? Steel. Steel Magnolia's. Magnolia's. It was trying too hard to be like that. Really? Like also, The Floor is Lava. Ryan got real into good? this show. Ryan loved oh. it. Oh. He had the kids watching it. They were they had pillows out. They were jumping around the house. Well, see, that's a good quarantine time. It was a good that's quarantine true. time. Yeah. But it was, I thought, this is, these are adults. Jumping onto walls, trying to get it was just <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, I need you yeah, to pass. I mean, the floor is lava. What else are you going to do? Pass on that. Pass on it hard. Kaylee, what do you got? Um, my best friend sent me this meme about this character in a movie or show, and she was like, "You are this person." She's like, "Please don't be offended, but watch this." And so I started watching Dead to Me, and I saw it on previews, and it's kind of girly, and like maybe you'd watch it. And so I was like, "Yeah, I'm not into that." But she told me it was me. I should watch it. Started watching it. I'm not through it, so I would save it for later, but I am Christina Applegate. <laughs> there is a point in that darn show, which I posted this on my Instagram one day, that she says, oh, how do you grieve? And Christina says, I have my ways. And it cuts to her in her car blasting metal music. And that is exactly, that is grief. Just That's right screaming. there. You just yep. the way you process it. Um, it is very well written. It is. I will say it's that. It's witty like, and clever. It's clever. 
and the storylines well written. Is it ten? Is I don't it even know. Episode? I watched the full first episode or first season. I've not gotten far into the second season yet because again, it's kind of dark. It's dark, it's and dark I was humor. already like the world is dark enough for me right mm-hmm. now. So I'm looking for like the up and out stuff where I'm like happy light. Yeah, stuff. it is dark, but it is so well written. Yeah, and to your Christina Applegate, I very much feel like in real life I'm the other one. I can't remember her name. Who's like, let me love you, let me care, <laughs> let me do can, things for you. Can I? Please, you? Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the meme I sent to Kaylee. It's Christina Applegate. She she's like just shown up for her first grief meeting, and she's like standing by the table with coffee, and you can tell she's trying to make the decision if she's staying or going. And her husband has just died. Her husband just broad story. Her husband was murdered, uh, was hit by, by a, a, a drive by, yeah. and they just left. And um, so she's like at this grief meeting, trying to her feelings, and this other girl just walks out, and she's one of the main characters, and she comes up to, her, and she's like, hey. Can I give you a hug? And Christina Applegate looks her dead in the eye and says, no. <laughs> it has lots of twists and turns, and I like stuff like that. The sleep on this, or ignore, what is it? Ignore this. Sleep on it. <laughs> sleep on it. <laughs> sleep on this. Um, I don't pick a lot of shows that I don't think I'm going to like. Like, I don't take a lot of risks. I did start, so I loved Love is Blind, which did we ever so, get to talk about? We did not. Because no. that was early, early it spring. Was, it was great. I loved that show. Ryan loved it, which was weird, but we got into it every moment of it also the circle the circle see i didn't the watch movie i got all those mixed up the tv show that the and show. love island like all of them mixed pass up. on love island we okay. don't want that well and i so i started dating around because i thought oh it's very similar it said since you liked don't don't dating around don't it's literally just one dude or one girl per episode and you follow them on like four different dates in the same restaurant i think i tried that too it's oh, that's awful. like a bad version of do y'all remember next on MTV? yeah next <laughs> I'd watch next. <laughs> next was good. Let's reboot that. Is that when they're all on the bus? Yeah. And, and they, they come down. It was literally the reality next. TV version of Tinder. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the reality yeah. television version they of They don't even get to open their mouth sometimes. Oh my gosh. It was unreal. Can you imagine what that would do to your self-esteem <laughs> if you walked off a bus and they literally look at you for a second. Next. Oh. Or I bet someone else will walk down and look at them and say, please say next. <laughs> oh gosh. Who could? I Yikes. can't. I can't. Uh, good show though good so there's you some watch stuff if you haven't already watched it and you need some things on the weekend to pass some time or like me you just want to leave reality for about an hour or four a night (laughs) those are some options also out of quarantine big news we just got it within the last few weeks taylor swift big big news once again kept a secret nobody knew nothing Mm -mm. and all of a sudden she drops an album out she of is nowhere. The queen of secrets. That's not even I fully I told you all this. I feel like in a quarantine, I can be like, yeah, write a few songs. She wrote 16 songs. Mm-hmm. 16 songs. Yeah, and really she did music it. videos. I didn't know she did music videos too. Yeah, she released a cardigan music video the same time. I haven't listened to she it. She directed did did her own hair like was all super quarantined up. Did mm-hmm. the whole thing. Where did she That's shoot awesome. it? Um in some woodsy, I mean I saw pictures. I know folklore. It's a wooded area. (laughs) Girl knows how to pick a theme and stick to it. I just read about it. I have not listened to it, but Kaylee, Kari, have you listened to it? Yeah, I've listened through it once. I'm going to let the, the, the resident music, uh, (laughs) what do you call it? Prodigies? No. What's the word I'm looking for? Person. You are a prodigy. (laughs) Here's the deal with Kaylee. That's weird. Also with a little bit Carson too. They listen to a song one time and tell you, you should listen to this or you should not listen to it. We are the prodigies. But isn't isn't prodigy like? Don't you have to? We have skill. Don't deny it. I agree with that. But do you have to be a certain age to be a prodigy? Like, does it have a certain amount? We're young. Yeah, you're almost thirty. I don't know. I'm closing in on it. I'm round. If you round my age, you are. 
we're not this is not what this episode is about <laughs> anyways taylor swift who i i listened to the album so far twice all the way through it's only been out it's maybe only been out a week. It's I not think been it has out only long. been a, only been a week. So like I, I said, usually time works weird. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I did do a listen through once, and I'm here for it. I'm not a big Taylor Swift Nation person. I'm not, but I am here for everything that she does because she can keep secret. She can market the heck out of something. Mm-hmm. She can market something that she wrote during quarantine alone. Like mm-hmm. she did that again. Um, I love that she, um, someone that I know posted that her and her mom are big T-Swift fans and she posted a text from her mom that called the release of the album because Taylor had tweeted something with eight emojis and this is the eighth album and that's usually how she does. She'll do like seven things or How do you know things. what to really dig into, like what's real and what's Get not? Get in the mind of Taylor, which is a labyrinth, I'm sure, because <laughs> she is brilliant. I don't care. She can be annoying, fine. Drama, fine. But she is a brilliant. You got to give it to her. So this album... I think there was a meme maybe or something I saw that really summed it up like Taylor was tired of seeing us all trying to go back out and live life. She wrote us an album that sucked us back into our homes <laughs> with our blankets and our candles and and it's so accurate. Like it just makes you feel mellow and chill and it makes you process these emotions and and these storylines of like maybe it's not the life you've lived but you can empathize with someone who's walked through that it's just really story driven. the genius of it being called folklore because yes. that is what folklore yeah. is. It's stories. And, yeah. It's so good. I'm I'm here for every single song. I like, um, and I can't tell you all the lyrics from Seven, but it's Seven's just the good. little things like, and it's the seventh song on the album. Like sometimes yeah. that stuff isn't like She's it doesn't. I love it satisfying. when things sync up yes. and you're like, yeah. And like, some of I just really stuff. enjoyed it. And listening to that while on a car drive, like it's a great, just like, it is a good road trip. I'm going on a drive like. Yeah, it's well, it's not. Think about what she wrote for. She wrote it in quarantine mm-hmm. during March and April sitting at home she wrote it for us in quarantine we're not going out to party we're not we don't need hype music no we need at you home need stories to lose yourself yes. in. you need something that distracts you and that's what her genius is in is in she has a pulse on people mm-hmm. on what's going on in the world on what it is and then she writes to that and it is the most genius content marketing ever because she always gets it right mm-hmm. i mean I've I don't know any of her albums that have not done well because she's yeah. gotten it right almost every single yeah, time. Yeah, even transcending different styles too. It hasn't mattered. Each one's been successful. Whether people are like, oh, I prefer the nineteen eighty nine album or this or that. Yeah, she's well, if you really evolving. like the more country stuff earlier on, you yeah. loved it. But like I like her stuff that's a little bit more produced and has like a little mm-hmm. bit more like poppy or even like hip hop vibes, like lover album and almost like I'm here for it. Like it's she, great. No <laughs> what artist has ever like hopped genres and styles as much as she has and recreate. And that was Still her point. Had success. We talked about Miss Americana. Is that the name of her documentary? Yes. We talked about that last time. That was the whole point of that is like, she is constantly changing who she is mm-hmm. and evolving and growing to be what the people want. And she's nailing it every time. It's, you're hearing stories and you're supposed to get caught up in the story and feel what's happening yep. in the story. And it's not necessarily a sadness as it is like, you're remembering something mm-hmm. in your own life that's similar to it. You're just, it's a, it's almost like look back at where you've been, all of that stuff. Yeah. And cause what else do we have time to do right now? And who doesn't love a good story? Mm-hmm. You can't really mess that up. And there's a song, there's a song or two that resonates with everyone. That's either mm-hmm. something you walked through. There's well, good even, grief. you really 16. Surely yeah, you like one of them. Good grief. <laughs> and there's one she wrote about, uh, I believe it's epiphany that compares some war torn stories. So her grandfather 
in a world war and then compares it to coronavirus heroes on the front line, like talking about touching hands through plastic. It's even that like if you can't pick anything else, you can listen to a song that's relating to the people that we have on the front lines in our hospitals. Like it's Mm -hmm. just she's timely. She's so dang timely. And that's what makes her successful is she feels. And that's for anyone who does anything yeah. in marketing and business in anything. If you were trying to reach people, if you can just get a pulse on what they're feeling, you will reach them every single time. Yep. If you speak to that, you will reach them every single time. And you said it right when you were talking about Taylor at the beginning, but regardless of how you feel about her genre or what she does or her mm-hmm. past or anything else, she is a genius. Like, genius. and I use that word. I don't use that. Just, we don't, yeah, throw, I don't that just throw it out there. We're prodigies, but you she's a prodigy. I felt the same way about Hamilton. Mm. Like, Oh my goodness. Can I tell you? I almost forgot we were going to talk about that. <laughs> I just got what so excited. Joy. And I just watched it for the first time last night. Don't judge me. You but. Got, well, listen, I almost didn't watch it because I was like, this will not, anything that's hyped up a lot, I almost don't even want to give it time of day because it never meets the hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm always disappointed. But I was like, you know what? Again, we had a free night because that's we have a lot of free nights these yeah. days. And I thought, we'll we'll just turn it on. And so Ryan and I turned it on and it lives up to it. It exceeds it to me because you whether or not you like Broadway, whether or not you like hip hop, whatever, it is so well done. It's just mm-hmm. so genius you cannot watch it and not appreciate the creativity it took the brains to make that i don't know how the man that wrote it how he wrote two hours and 40 minutes worth of song but telling it like essentially pretty pretty darn historically accurately it is almost like exactly accurate i wish that my u.s history classes were all that that just Gosh, like anytime I would have you loved, learned about yeah. anything it was just an incredible musical right. well you know he initially watch. wrote it his goal was for it to just be like an album he mm-hmm. got the idea after he had just finished being in a play listen i you're about to get a lot of facts because i have researched <laughs> the snot out of this no joke right after we watched it i spent two hours that night reading about alexander hamilton because mm-hmm. i wanted to know what was true yeah and what wasn't and almost all of it was true wow. the only thing that was Put, pressed into harder was his relationship with Angelica. Ah, uh, but they, they did write back and forth a lot. Correct? They did. It was rumored that they had some yeah. sort of an affair or something. Which, on like, the side. I wouldn't be cool with Tara like constantly texting my brother. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. what it would be like. It was you know? rumored like, that either there way, was no, fishy. like they never found any factual yeah. evidence that they had something going on. They just were really Angelica? close. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can. <laughs> It makes me want to start singing it right now. We listen to Let's the soundtrack. Let's just sing out the rest of this. I could. Listen, I could. You all would all love it. You would love it. But he had just, Lin-Manuel had just gotten off a Broadway play. He was in the airport. He was looking through biographies. And he said he found Alexander Hamilton's yeah. biography. And it was either that or um, it was some businessman he was going to read about. He couldn't pick which one. And he just picked Alexander Hamilton. And he said he was on a beach in Mexico. And he had just gotten through the part where there was a hurricane that hit the island that Alexander Hamilton grew up on. And he was like, this is a hip hop album. Like this is meant to be. And so he Googled, has anyone done like hip hop album, Alexander Hamilton? Cause he thought surely this has been done because he said his words, I think the what quote a weird was, thought. Surely this has been done. I know. Well, he said, because it's the story, it's the surely. story of hip hop. You write your way out of. Yeah. yeah. You're making your way out. Yeah. Yes. And so that's up. what happened when Alexander Hamilton was a teenager and the hurricane hit his island. He wrote an article mm-hmm. about it. It got posted somewhere in a newspaper and his town was like, this is incredible writing for mm-hmm. a teenager. So they collected money, sent him 
to New York for school. Yeah. And so he wrote his way out of his situation. Yeah. After his mom had died, he went to live with his cousin. His cousin committed suicide. And he was living with like the, uh, a clerk and mm-hmm. learning how to be a clerk at the time. And mm-hmm. so Lin-Manuel Googled it. And it said, like he said, there was nothing there. And he thought, this is what I'm going to do next. Yeah. I'm going to write. A boy, did he? And he said, I want, oh he wanted goodness. it. Oh, but what I was saying is, he said, I wanted it to be like an album that maybe they could use for education purposes, like School of, school of Rock or yeah, not School yeah, of Rock. Yeah, but, but what's the thing we all watch with the, school the bill? Rock. Yeah, Schoolhouse school Rock. Oh, it's way better. I'm like, just the yeah. bill. <laughs> yeah. But he yeah, thought maybe it'll be <laughs> something, it'll be something like that. And we'll create this. And he oh. said, he just was not prepared for the level of fame that mm-hmm. it got to, but oh, he gosh. actually ended up, I found this out from another podcast I listened to, but he wrote into the contract for Hamilton that the writer of the biography that he read would get a million dollars a year of the proceeds oh. from Hamilton. Oh, that's wow. easy now for him. Yes. Yeah. He wrote it before, like before Hamilton. I'm sure launched. just with like Disney plus stuff. Cause oh, it's gosh, like on yes. there, on there now. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's but just, this wow. guy, the author also like came along beside him as he wrote it. And he said it kept us honest. Like every time I wanted to add fluff, he wouldn't let me. That's awesome. It made him stick to the entire story. Mm-hmm. He performed the first song that he wrote. I think it was Alexander Hamilton at the White House. It was really? the first one he had finished. And he was still in his 20s, like his mid-20s, still working on it. And Wait, he, this is Lin-Manuel? Yeah, Lin-Manuel. Wait, how old is he right now? Um, I don't know how old he is now. He performed at the White House. It was back in the early 2000s when he oh, so i mean still mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. so, i mean he's probably like four, he 40s. he performed it uh for barack obama oh so i mean that was in his, early in his presidency oh well that, no that's like 2008 though yeah yeah it was pretty early on that so that that wasn't too performed so he's probably it. Like and it was in his 30s or 40s. a um it was a he was 29 years old he performed it in 2009 okay so yeah, yeah 40. he's like 40 mm-hmm. he's just 40 wow. and the it won like an immediate standing ovation from the president and uh michelle all of them i'm on a first name basis with her absolutely <laughs> so it makes sense but he um when he finished i wrote down so many things i just found them when i was looking at how old he was but he you all will love this but he listened to um, Jay Z, friend or foe, mm. on a loop, yeah, over and over. Well, again it just has. You can. It feel. has. You just have the vibes of like even two thousands rap and nineties yeah. rap, and it's just like the rhythms, You love the play yeah. on words that they have. Like I think of Aaron Burr, like saying, "You can trust. I'm a trust fund baby. You can trust me." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a trust fund baby, but like a fund of trust. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. It's and everything so that I love clever. about hip hop. It is so well written. And they, in one interview, they asked him, um, and Ryan made this point and I hadn't even noticed. And Ryan was like, Hey, do you notice that all the lead actors are people of color? And mm-hmm. he was like, do you think that was intentional? I said, I guarantee it yeah. was intentional. And yeah. I went and read and it, he said that, um, his quote was, this is a story about America then told by America now. Yeah. yeah. And we want to eliminate any distance. So our shirt, our story should look the way our country looks. And he said, I found the best people to embody these parts. And he said, I think it's a powerful statement, but this is the best part. He said, that'll be the note that goes with the school productions. Mm. If this show ends up looking like the actual founding fathers, then they messed it up. Wow. Right. And it's so wow. like, he's thinking past this being on Broadway. Like yeah. he's thinking past how far this can go and mm. shaping. That's really cool. The next That's generation so cool. and what they, what they look at. And I will say the biggest, I've only watched half because listen, it's a commitment. I will say the first half 
I liked better. I it's, it's worth best. watching. Well, all I will of it, finish it, but I'll probably go. I might watch the first half again this weekend. It's but so I'm good. also so I'm more of a. I love musicals. I like everyone kept telling me this is right up your alley. Like this is right up your alley. I love you, love it. And I just never got around to it. But I would love to see it live. I think it would resonate more with me. But my favorite surprise sweet moment: George Washington's voice was like smooth oat milk to me. Yeah, and he's I was awesome. just listening to him. Like I could kind of be doing other things, and as soon as he would start his parts, I was like, "I gotta listen to this man because his voice." And then, not that they none of them were talent; they all were super talented, mm-hmm. but their voices were so unique. Mm-hmm. His was probably my favorite, mm-hmm. hands Who's your down. Favorite character. Overall. You already know what I'm gonna say. I really, I just like my favorite actor is the guy that plays um, is the guy that plays Thomas Jefferson and the French guy. He I just does. like him. So I just Lafayette. love him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just. That's just my favorite actor. Thomas Jefferson that in was the in second there. part, and you'll love him even more when oh, he comes yay. in. You will love oh, him even more. Oh, he's so funny. When he comes in. And the he way is. he delivers those lines, yeah. he embodies that whole character. I he mean, does. he, he went in on um, it. So yeah, that's that's probably my favorite character was just that actor. I think his name's David something. Yeah. The moment so that great. I knew I was here for it, I wasn't quite sold yet. And it might have been song three or four. Um, when Angelica and the girls came out, Scholar I was sisters. like, I'm here for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like this point, work. like women work. I'm here. Yeah. This is the, mm-hmm. yes. Put the fists up. Let's go. It was so, it was, I didn't like Angelica at first. Really? I was not a fan of her. And then by the end, she was probably her. She was my favorite. And I just, I love Lin-Manuel so much. Mm-hmm. And I love that he probably wasn't the best person. Sure. For Alexander Hamilton. I thought that too. To play that role. But he said, any other acting I have done, I always come in and I'm always like the best friend of the mm, the, the white main. lead yeah. role. Yeah. And he said this time it was I got to decide I'm playing the lead role. Yeah. And he, he should. Yeah. He, he was should. not he wasn't the best guy for it, but he yeah. was so I I loved him. I loved his swagger through it. I just loved him so much. And I think it was great that there were so many other talented actors the, and the actresses king. on the same. Like the best. Oh, King George. Is I so- loved him. I take it back. King George is my when favorite. When he talks about like giving up power, he's like, you can do that? Like after I George Washington so said he was going to When he came out, when he came out and sang that first song, da like da just da that, da yeah, da it was. He said, Lin-Manuel said he wrote that on his honeymoon Aww. and he said he didn't have a piano with him. It was inspired by the Beatles and it's completely set apart. It does not yeah. sound like anything no. else. It's an, it's but, an like, obvious, it he said that was like, it's British. It's like, it's an oh obvious separation of what's happening. And everything so, about that was so smart. It was so good. Even just the fact that he's babbling, like he's scatting because he's babbling because he has nothing to say. Yeah. Like it's just, everything about it was so good. It had, so in, I just want y'all to have a comparison in other uh, Broadway plays. So Oklahoma has 59 words per minute. Pirates of Penzance has 58 words a minute. Phantom of the Opera, 77 words per minute. Hamilton has 144 words See, and I love per, that per minute. Because that's that's why Ooh. I could keep my attention the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you had to pay attention. For me, it contains I probably, no dialogue either. I feel like it's going to ruin any other musical that I try to watch because I'll just compare it to Hamilton and I just feel like it's not going to be as good. Yeah. It's a whole other type so, of musical. Yeah, in an article they asked him, you know, there's no art or dialogue because usually there's talking in yeah. between the songs. Yeah. So like you're setting it up or whatever. But if you notice, like the stage barely even changes. It has that rotating thing so you know things are continuing to move and yeah. stairs come in and out but o- otherwise the stage pretty much stays the same other than it turns to brick from all wood and they yeah. said that was intentional to show like that history was moving mm. forward but um it said it contained no dialogue and he did an interview 
And he said he worked with a playwright for a little bit, but he found that the spoken text didn't meld with the hip hop that he was trying to do. And so he said, that's when I had to figure out how to write all the scenes and still have a hip hop feel. And that's when he turned to listening to Jay Z. Mm. Um, and mm. that friend or foe song. Yeah. He apparently was supposed to perform it. Jay-Z and Beyonce showed up to one of the performances. Ugh. And Royalty. it was the one time that whole year that Lin-Manuel was sick and he wasn't going to get to play Alexander Hamilton. And he tried to rip the IV out of his arm to still go perform <gasps> because they were there. I would have. And they were. Su- I know, because they were such a huge part of it. I would have it. sat in a chair and done it. <laughs> because they were such a huge part of him developing it. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to tear the IV out all together and make That's it work. So awesome. I also he, love just a sidebar, like the soundtrack being right about two, two and a half hours. Like it's, if you're going on a short road trip to like mm. Asheville or to like Nashville, obviously once stuff opens up and all that, all those things, but like, it's perfect. Like you just, it's good. I'll, I'll feel like I'm rewatching the well, show, like as I'm driving. And yep. didn't they do, so didn't artists do a, a remake. I remember yeah, at least so like, the mixtape, the yeah. Hamilton mixtape. Because I, I listened to Chance, but so, I just yeah, didn't Chance have any context. Yeah. Context is everything. I don't know that I could have listened to the soundtrack. I'm and glad fully no, appreciated no. it without having seen it and the characters. Yeah, exactly. It's so, but with King George and Beyonce, I was looking for this because I knew I'd read it somewhere. She loved him, King George. So she incorporated his funny walk into her own performances. Really? So she made it a part of what she did because she liked how he portrayed himself through that. So she incorporated that into some of her own performances, which I thought this has had a bigger impact on our Mm. culture and our approach to things in general, even like from all the way at the top. I mean, if you see Beyonce and Jay-Z showing up to watch them and then you have like presidents, showing up to watch yeah. it and all. I mean, it's just, well, and the fact that now it's accessible. So the problem was it was a Broadway play and yeah. who of us cheap person had the privilege like me, cheap yeah. poor person like me poor, uh, to go. go to New York to yeah. even see it or even see it secondhand. Like the fact that it's now available to watch in a streaming format and to see the original cast. Cause like I would have never seen the original never. cast. It came out what? 2015 or 16. Yeah. yeah like, you're, we're out. I was in college. I like I would not have been able to afford ago. it. And, but we're still talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still talking bringing about it to the people. How genius it yes, is! Yes, thank you, thank you. Also, poor Lin Manuel, he's never going to top it. Like, yeah, he should. He's good to be done. <laughs> I mean, he's he's reached the top. Yeah. He's forty. I was. His wife was live tweeting it when it went um, the weekend that Disney Plus launched it, and I happened to watch it that weekend. And I was just scrolling through socials to see what you know. You get so interested, and you're like, yeah. okay, what are people saying about it? Yeah. What they think? And she said that when she would watch it in the theater, every time he would kiss someone else yeah. like oh Eliza or someone else she would just boo <laughs> loudly <laughs> she said everyone would just turn and look at her <laughs> they had no idea who she was they didn't know who she was she would just start booing this disgruntled woman <laughs> which I will say on a sad note poor Eliza but she do you know how old she lived to be yes she lived she was like 97 which is like years longer than him that's like somebody that? living to like 140. Now. I would that's rather the second not. Half like broke my heart. I couldn't. Oh. It's like you said. I'll go back and watch the first. Lost half. her son and husband both oh, in the wow, Spoiler wow, alert! Wow! Wow! I mean, it's history. It's yeah, history. I know. You know. Not that we knew it because of our school systems. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Lynn Manuel. I didn't know this much about Alexander Hamilton. Right. But that, that was, was the point. And I was like, goal. should I be ashamed that I don't know? That I know, but that was his history. whole point at the beginning. Yep. But that's cool. Well, and that's what Eliza said too. Like the real one, she was like, I her only goal was for history to remember him yeah. and his legacy because he was so worried about his legacy. And that mm-hmm. that's why he wrote after he had the affair 
uh, on her, he wrote papers that confessed all of it because he wanted to be in control of what people uh, remembered about him. Yeah, wow. you'll see that in the second half. Yeah, and so he wrote a whole, I don't remember what it was, something papers, I can't remember what it was called, but the Reynolds papers or mm-hmm. something like that because the lady's name that he had an affair with, her last name was Reynolds, but he writes it all out and then like publishes it and barely even tells Eliza that he's going to do it. Ooh, and yikes. so then everybody yeah, knows tough. their business. It was so bad. It was so. But she's still like, it was just that after losing all those people, like she still, she still wanted to do things for the rest of her life. Like founded an orphanage and like helped raise hundreds of kids. So now it's like New York's one of the, it was the first one I think or something. Wow. Get it girl. Private orphanage. Yeah. But even this, that's what I'm talking about. But even the decisions (laughs) they made and like the choreography and everything was so super yeah. intentional. There was something that they talked about on an NPR interview, and it was even down to the way that William Burr walked um, next to how Alexander Hamilton walked. Yeah. And it said that Burr moves in straight lines because mm. he sees no other options. Yeah. yeah. So he only goes in a straight line, whereas Hamilton walks in an arc because he sees all possibilities. Yeah. And they were so like just mm. the smallest of details, the intentionality that they had. I them. liked, I really liked Aaron Burr. I did too. And I liked that every time that Alexander Hamilton talked to him, it went back to the first song where he'd say, Aaron Burr, sir. And I yeah. love that. And then Aaron Burr's like, You punched the Burr, sir. Oh, <laughs> Burr, sir. But I love because there's an album um, by John Bellion where he like recalls everything. Um, from the first song all the way to the last and Ugh. that's what the play did throughout the, the whole thing like it, I'm so just fun. like my country young scrappy and hungry yep. and like it just keeps going and I'm not gonna miss my shot miss my just shot, all yeah. the way through it incorporates um, and I love it, that the entire but even Burr at the beginning I'm the fool who shot him is like one yeah. of his first lines mm-hmm. and it's almost like Lin-Manuel felt bad for him because his life was over after he killed Alexander Hamilton like he tried to travel because I want, went into his history as well he tried to keep going he tried to travel he, tried, he lost everything like really he honestly they told him to go hot into hiding right after he shot alexander hamilton and then he just could not come back from it and he kept trying and trying and trying he could not ever come back from it and it's just like you see him play throughout the even the fact the choice that he's like the narrator of Mm -hmm. it -hmm. he's telling the whole story story. he's the one who killed him and even um i don't know if y'all noticed you'd have to see the very end but the bullet you know how they made it like a dancer that moves yeah. through is the bullet that I read. And I didn't notice this, but looking back, I see it. So if you've watched it, one of the last scenes is the duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. And which also, why did that article say William Burr? I just noticed that. Anyways. Maybe that was his formal name. Could be. Um, but the bullet is a dancer that goes from one uh, gun to the other and shoots um, Alexander Hamilton. But what happened was, do you remember early on, there was someone who um, died as a spy during You'll Be Back. She's just it, like, he comes and breaks her neck and she falls. Yes. Do you remember that part? Like, it's early on. Yeah. But she apparently keeps coming up throughout the whole performance. Oh. So if you watch it again, watch for her because she becomes a character known as the bullet who is essentially death personified. Oh. So the bullet foreshadows many of the show's deaths in Yorktown. She shakes hands with John Lorenz who dies not long after. In yeah. Us all away. So she gets killed and then she shakes hands with him, touches him, foreshadows his death. And then she flirts with Philip Hamilton who dies in the duel, mm-hmm. Alexander's son, who dies. And then before she delivers the round that wounds Hamilton, she has several interactions with him leading up to that last song. Hmm. Wow. I would have never noticed that stuff. Yeah. But it's all these little that's details. So cool. Like you can keep watching and noticing yeah. little details. So that's your deep dive on Hamilton. It, so it is 
listen, I know you've probably heard the hype. I know mm-hmm. you probably are thinking it's not going to be worth it. It's worth it. At it least is. the first half. Also, the, one of the things that I just thought was funny back to the history lesson was just that for the first couple presidents that the runner up would be vice president. It's just so funny to That's me. Insane. And Thomas Jefferson was just like, yeah, I'm changing. That. I know. Cause <laughs> when Aaron walks out, yeah. it's like, I'll be your vice president. He was like, no, we're going to change that. But, uh, <laughs> That's not going to work. We're not going to do it. And even when Alexander Hamilton picked his enemy's side, mm-hmm. I read like historically why he chose to do that. And he wrote in a letter that he chose that because he would rather ha- know a man and be for a man who knew what he was for yeah. than for a man who never decides, yeah. like who just <laughs> constantly waffles back and forth. He said, I would rather go with my enemy who actually is taking us in a direction than someone who won't make decisions. Yeah. Oof. Which... That'll preach. That'll it goes it goes so so far. But that's our deep dive on Hamilton. If you haven't, please watch it. It is so, it is so good. Looking forward to watching so it again. Good. And now for our parting words. In true, you all aren't going to be prepared for it because you're going to forget. This is how we part every single time. No, I've got something. I do. I know we're going to let you. <laughs> <laughs> he just shook his head. He no, does that not. <laughs> But I know this has also been a a huge season of learning for so many of us, like what we're about, what we're not about, all of it. We've had time to honestly organize through those emotions and thoughts. So um, even if it's not necessarily a thing, is there something that you have learned in this season that either someone helped you discover or that you figured out on your own that you think would be helpful to somebody else? Does that have to be serious? No, does it does not. Light? It can it be, be serious, anything so. you want. It <laughs> I can asked be. that in the wrong <laughs> nope. way. I set you up for that one. Too bad. <laughs> it's about to be a royal surreal. <laughs> um, I think the beginning of, so the beginning of quarantine, whatever we're calling this pandemic, I had a moment where it's like, I can't not take any more content. I cannot podcast my way through this day, whatever. And that's what I would do before all of this. And it was just too much. And so I think is probably the last month or two, I've finally been able to like, okay, I can absorb some information. I can, you know, listen to a podcast, do a couple webinars, whatever. But I think part of that was exhaustion and, you know, grieving the loss of your plans and all of that. But then also part of that for me in this time of like, and Kari made the point, if you want to do something now, do it. If you want to take the trip, take the trip. So for me in my like work life slash personal life, if I feel like I'm called to do something, I'm going to do it. And, you know, God's going to make the way for whatever that is. And like, I'm trusting in all of those things, but what can I do within myself and my time and my resources to take steps toward what he's calling me to do rather than waiting for someone to say, here's the green light, here's the runway. We don't have runways right now. We are just standing still. So what can I do in this standing still that doesn't rely on someone else to say, yeah, you can do that. Or yeah, I see that like, no, what is God asking me to do? And how can I just this day, not tomorrow, not next week, Mm -hmm. just this day, take a step towards that thing. And that for me was really freeing because in the past, I want the to do list. I want the next steps, the growth, the stairs. We don't get that right now. So that's my super serious. No, no, that's great. Um, Mine's kind of along that lines, but also kind of in line with like getting back into absorbing more, um, more podcasts, more sermons, and just like it's really easy for me to want to schedule things out or be upset that things can't be scheduled out, but like making room for the things that aren't scheduled and just like taking time in a day to breathe. There are so many days where I don't do that, where I don't just have like 
a walk of 10 minutes where I'm silent, like in where I'm just listening and I don't have an agenda of things that I'm asking God to do or an agenda of things that are just running through my head, like forcing myself to slow down. And like, I wish I could say I'm doing that daily, but mm. I'm doing it more each week <laughs> than I have the week before. But that's been so good for me just to take that time to slow down and just to really be like, okay, <laughs> like I'm just here. I don't have this agenda of things that I want to get done just during this time. I just want to listen and I just want to be, you know, and I, it's, I don't know, it's exhausting when I don't take the time to do that. And I've just found how refreshing that is and how healthy that is for me. So. And how much we avoid it. Yeah. yeah. Oh it's yeah. I'm really good at just keeping something going. And even if it's not something bad that's going, yeah. but I just got the music going or I've got this on the background or I'm watching that, but I'm also doing this mm-hmm. on my phone and this on my laptop, mm-hmm. like, but just to step away from it. Um, and I have to make myself do it a lot of the time, but it's it always, is a discipline. It's always worth it. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes those are like the greatest moments of growth too. Mm-hmm. Like when you are just sitting there, I have the most growing moments when I run without any music mm-hmm. or without anything on, I have all the thoughts just flow through and my notes app is open and I'm trying to like type it while I run. And then it says a word that's probably it's really dangerous. inappropriate. <laughs> and I just, yeah, but I mean, it's just one of those things when you make the discipline to do it, it is honestly such a huge point of growth mm-hmm. uh, when you actually just let yourself sit in something and think through what it means for you instead of letting someone else tell you what it means for you or looking for someone else to tell you what it means for you when you have to actually sit there and face your own thoughts. It's, yeah. it's tricky business. It can be okay. scary. <laughs> Next <laughs> quarantine. Be honest. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's keep this going. Let's go all the way to December with this pandemic. Huh? Yeah. Huh? We might be. I take that back. I really don't want that to happen. I want everyone to be healthy and happy and let's move on. But the mask industry is doing good. Doing they are good. Doing, doing well. Well, that's your summer edition of Did Anyone Tell You? We are back. What a weird summer. We, it is a weird summer. It wasn't even summer. But we're back for the fall. We're taking on a whole new season of No One Told Me. There's a lot more around the corner. You might say, Callie, what is around the corner? And to that, I will tell you. I don't know. (laughs) Who does? Who does? We're all just along for the ride. We will see you all next time. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.